Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Driving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organizations. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in the U.S. and Germany. I am delighted to have with us today Dr. Terry O'Fallon and Kim Barda. They're the co-founders of Stages International, whose mission is to offer programs and services to individuals and organizations based on a unique developmental model. Their offerings provide a methodology and a process that allows individuals and their organizations to see the current situation more clearly and then creatively map out how to solve problems, actualize potential, and create the conditions for healthy future development and more positive impact on the world. Terry and Kim lecture internationally. They provide education and developmental processes online in and are followed globally. They both also provide personal guidance for individuals and organizations. And before uh, Terry and Kim formed Stages International, I took a program with Terry uh, called Generating Transformative Change. And that program I found personally to be quite transformational. And so I'm just delighted to have them both with us today because I have followed their work for over a decade and have really respected the work that they both do. So let me give you some background on the individuals now. Terry uh, has focused the last 13 years on learning and change in human systems as an applied researcher. She's worked with hundreds of leaders studying the interventions that most effectively result in developing individuals, individual leaders who can effectively implement change. She has her PhD in Integral Studies from the California Institute of Integral Studies. Um, She uses the STAGES model to develop experiments in collective insights and developmental growth. And so when we talk about developmental growth, for those of you who have listened to other shows and, and the idea of level five leadership and the strategist competency model, Terry's work really looks at how do we move people through that conveyor belt, for lack of a better term, from the earlier stages of maturity up through the later stages. And her research has worked with hundreds of leaders in taking different interventions. And and I think I've been answering these assessments for over 10 years. So her work is quite extensive. So these embodied experiments and experiences have supported her theories and teaching uh, growing up is waking up through the lifespan. 
Um, Kim is an internationally recognized, licensed, professional psychotherapist, coach, spiritual guide, and speaker. His work and insights spring from grounded experiential practice with self and others in cross-cultural and lifelong experiences. Currently, Kim has teamed up with Dr. O'Fallon to present workshops and training internationally in this new model of human development designed and researched by Dr. O'Fallon. So the the radio show, the this show that you're listening to, the goal for creating it was that we as leaders uh, have learned our our leadership craft over a period of time and yet with the volume of disruption and change we're facing it's really difficult given the the pressures most of us are facing to stay current as leaders and so I wanted to design a a show or an, uh, an opportunity for people to listen to a podcast and understand some of the trends that are emerging that we just often don't have the time to to follow through on and so especially with Tim and with Terry and Kim's work and their extensive research it's a brilliant opportunity to think about from them their research and how have they put it into practice and then how do we translate it into the work we're doing on a daily basis to Um, meet our objectives. So today we're talking about organizational development specifically and understanding the developmental levels or levels of maturity of your organization and how that maps to this idea of teal or level five or strategist, whichever language you use to reference organizations that are quite highly mature mapping to individuals that are mature. So they will be sharing tools and their understanding of developmental levels and how that works with organizations and how you can become both more familiar with and look at developing these teal capabilities. So that's a lot of me talking. Um, Terry and Kim, congratulations on forming Stages International. You've just launched your company. So let's start with give us a little bit of background about the company and also the developmental model, assuming that some of our listeners have not, have very limited familiarity with it. Well, thank you, Maureen. Um, Terry and I have known each other for a long time. and uh, we're brother and sister, actually, so we've known each other my whole life. Um, but we, our careers took different paths. Um, I dove into more uh, at the individual uh, work with psychotherapy and understanding human beings from an internal perspective. And she's done uh, a whole body of work in all kinds of areas. I can't even begin to talk about all the brilliant things that she's created in her life. But what we're talking about today is stages. And she developed this research and, and developmental theory around how people grow up to the developmental levels and, and how that translates to business as well. So we uh, met, uh, our, our careers met actually over Christmas one year uh, talking about uh, what we were doing. And we realized that we have uh, created similar concepts from different angles. And so that launched us into working together. And we've been working together ever since for the last What's it been now, Terry? Six years now? Four, four, four five, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So can you give us a little bit of a rundown on the stages model and then we'll move into how do you use that for organizational development? Terry, would you like to take that? Well, sure. Um, I'm... um uh, the, the stages model is a, is a model that helps us look at, at uh, a variety of developmental processes and uh, developmental levels in any field, including business, and we've used it extensively in the business arena as well as other areas. And um, it has uh, research behind it, which has allowed uh, us to uh, develop uh, an inventory that people can actually take that will let them know what level of development they're at. And that's been, uh, you know, the major portion of the research has, has delved in on that area. And that can be very, very helpful because you can actually use the stages model to look at what leadership level you're at. Uh, you can use it to uh, test a variety of people within your organization and kind of check to see, you know, what's the range of, of developmental levels that people have in, in the organization that you're in. And, and then you can kind of do some planning around all of that. Um, but uh, uh, this is, uh, the, you know, these, these are really appropriate and beneficial aspects. We've used this with many organizations. What Kim brings, though, is is a, another process that has been quite uh, helpful. Uh, as individuals, we sit across from other people all the time, our employees, our bosses, our, uh, you know, our uh, supervisors, uh, people in other companies uh, and, and in other organizations and et cetera. And, and we have no idea what level of development they're coming from. And uh, in the moment, uh, you know, people can uh, uh, engage across a variety of different developmental levels. And the beautiful thing that Kim brought that um, made this model more robust is not only to be able to test people with a um, validated test, but also to uh, uh, notice that you have a... um, and a capacity to actually engage with people and and tell where they are right now, uh, and that helps you to learn how to communicate with uh, compassion and with a forthrightness and and everything in a way that that the other person will understand. And it it helps communication skills so much to understand the development levels that people are at. So that's a little bit of a summary of the of the stages model and uh, some of the things that we use them for in business. So can you give an example, because I am such a big fan of the the importance of understanding the level of development for the, the individual or group of folks we're talking with, can you give an example of that so our listeners uh, can see the value that we see? Well, um, are you talking about um, orienting towards what are developmental levels or how do they operate or how do we move through them? Uh, more in the moment, I'm sitting in a room and I happen to be a strategist. I'm working with someone who is expressing themselves in the moment as an expert. So how would I recognize that and change my language so that they could more effectively hear and respond to what I'm trying to convey? Yeah, beautiful, beautiful question, Maureen. So one of the beautiful things about the um, stages model is how it drills into the details of what a stage is really all about. 
uh, other developmental models, they just kind of give you descriptions of what each developmental level is, but it doesn't necessarily mean you understand the underlying dynamics of why they are operating, why we as human beings are operating the way we are or how we are doing that. And so one of the beautiful things about the stages uh, model is the stages matrix itself, which uh, is a map of the way our mind works when we're coming from different developmental levels. And it gives you three core parameters, and there, there are sub-parameters, too, that we're working out, but the three core ones that help us understand uh, not only to identify where a person is coming from, but since those parameters are defining the boundaries within the category of the developmental level, we understand the range that they can operate within, not just the stereotypical range. So one of the things we do is we take a look at the parameters, and if you're a strategist, you're operating at a three-parameter uh, dynamic of a subtle, collective, um, uh, interpenetrative. Okay. And you need to explain those terms, please, because for folks who aren't um, familiar with the theory, th- that isn't helpful. Right, I understand. Or isn't sufficient, sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so what we're doing is um, looking at the parameters, and it helps us to identify the level. So each parameter represents a concept. So a subtle person is a person who's able to think about their thinking and feel about their feeling. They're not just thinking. They're actually capable of thinking about their thinking. That is a developmental shift that is different from people before that developmental level. They just think or they just feel, but they don't really sit back and are able to analyze their thinking and feeling itself. So that's an important developmental shift in a human being, and it's important for us as leaders, and it's important for us as uh, uh, salespeople, as uh, people working with customer service, um, and all these different areas. So the subtle person is the person able to do that, and everything we will be talking about today will be about people that are at the subtle developmental level. This is where most adults operate from, but not all. Um, and then uh, some people are individually focused and some people are collectively focused. They, they focus more from what's happening for me in the situation where other people are focused a little more about what's happening in the, the group or the, the system dynamic. And then the third parameter is the style of learning. How do we go about learning? Do we learn by receiving? Do we learn by, by doing, putting it into action? Do we learn in engagement, reciprocity with others, or are we learning from basically interpenetrating them into one dynamic, understanding the, the wholeness of it? And so when we use those sets of parameters, we can identify exactly where a person is coming from. And as a result, we really kind of drill into their psychology uh, and how they can view things and how they can't view things. So once we know that, then we can uh, present information in a way that they are likely to absorb in an efficient and effective manner. And that's what we want to do in business is create experiences that are efficient and effective. That's how we create efficient bottom lines, and that's how we create better products with less money, whether those products be material products or uh, service products. We're really looking at efficiency and effectiveness. And by learning how to uh, identify these parameters and alter our communication in a way we are able to create more efficient and effective communication with the people involved. So in the example that you gave with a person who is at 4.5 strategist level talking to a a, a um, 3.0, they are, they are, we, we would identify that they would be people that are really 
focused on themselves and, and perfectionism. And they're going to be really highly focused on quality. They're going to want to really have quality, uh, but they're not going to be as interested in efficiency. And so uh, we can often get in conflicts with them because we're saying we need this done in a certain amount of time. And they're going, I'm not going to sacrifice my quality of work because you want something done a little faster. So um, that's one of the things that we can do is start realizing they're coming from a very deep ethic of wanting to make sure that their quality and their name on that quality is good. And once we understand that, we can communicate in a way that can help them get what they need while we also help provide a little more efficiency in the dynamic. So in the example, and I really appreciate this, that one of the things this model helps us understand is their worldview or how they make sense of themselves and where their value lies. So it's not changing my communication style. It's actually the deep content and recognizing the person sitting in front of me and what they value and communicating to that person with compassion and care and also with wisdom that we need to we're in a professional setting trying to produce a result absolutely exactly we're, we're getting to understand them as a person not just using a manipulative communication style that hopefully will get us what we want if we actually understand them our communicate and we understand how to communicate from that mm-hmm. perspective then not only do we create a deeper relationship bonding which creates loyalty but it also helps to create a more effective and efficient communication that is genuine and not just technique oriented beautiful so we're going to go on break now we will be right back with Kim Barta and Terry O'Fallon and they are talking about how to use an understanding of developmental maturity so that we can communicate with the folks with whom we work and build our organizations effectively. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. 
is your business running? It should be running smoothly with nary a hiccup, like a finely tuned machine. But if you're like most businesses, yours may be running nowhere close to that. Listen for Operationally Speaking with your host, Serju Samel. Our program will help you to run your entrepreneurial business easier, better, with less frustration. And by running it well, you're sure to be poised for faster growth. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today you are with Maureen Metcalf, Terry O'Fallon, and Kim Barda. And we are talking about, from an organizational perspective, how do we use our understanding of individual development and leader development to create a more effective organization. And so before the break, Kim talked about how do you identify the level of maturity And specifically, I think the distinction between using developmental maturity compared to an understanding of personality type, as an example, is this developmental maturity really gets to who am I as a human being? What is my view of the world and where do I find my value? And as a leader, especially the leader who is on the more developed side, I need to understand the person with whom I'm speaking and tailor my communications to th- that worldview of the recipient. And so let's move into a little bit more, Kim, or Kim and Terry. Why does this matter to organizational efficiency? Well, I guess what I would say is that, um, that uh, if you know how uh, every single developmental level, every person has a developmental level and they have a gift to give. And if you understand exactly where they can give their gift the best and make sure that that person is in a place in the organization where they are exactly where they're needed, the whole organization becomes not just effective and efficient, but it it also has heart to it, which is something that oftentimes we don't think about in organizations. We want to go to work and have have a good place to work. We want to love going to work. And you don't love going to work unless you are in a place in your work where your best gifts are being given and your talents are being utilized and you can communicate effectively and efficiently and, and heartfully with, with people around you and understand how to do that. So I would say that's one of the most important reasons for me why we want to understand developmental levels within organizations. And then, of course, organizations themselves have a developmental level. So, Kim, did you have anything you wanted to add to what I just said? No, no, you're doing very well. I'm just 100% supportive behind you, Terry. Okie doke. (laughs) 
So, so one of the things that, that you're pointing to, and I often hear an objection, if we categorize people by level, that can seem as if we're judging them and someone who's higher is better. And so I just want to elaborate on the point that you made, Terry, that everyone has, has gifts and organizations need each of those individuals. And the most compassionate and wise approach is to identify not only that the talents or skills, but the worldview and align people with within roles where they will thrive. Yes, that's one of the most important things that we can think of. Um, you know, uh, there are some concerns in some places about uh, hierarchy and that sort of thing, and we have... Uh, we have non-hierarchical organizations and we have hierarchical organizations, but actually what works best is if you have a little bit of both. Uh, we don't think so much hierarchically. Uh, our, our thought about uh, development is that, um, you know, that uh, people are, uh, are 360 degree whole. And so there's a lot of horizontal in all of us. And there, you know, if you look at a balloon, you couldn't just have a horizontal balloon. You also would have a, you know, a, a, a vertical aspect to that too. And you would also have diagonal. So what we're looking at mostly is, is a whole. And uh, all people are whole. Even a newborn is whole. But we wouldn't ask a newborn to lead an organization. So you, you see, uh, as we grow up, certain capacities come online. And one of the big beautiful things that we've discovered over the last hundred years is that people never stop growing up. We have the opportunity to grow up all of our lives, just like you know, going from a one-year-old to a two-year-old to a four-year-old to a ten-year-old to a twenty-year-old, and we still keep on growing. So it's not uh, so much of a hierarchy as it is this, that we uh, develop a greater whole, uh, and that's a beautiful thing. And those spaces that we occupy fit very well into different spaces in an organization. So I like to think of it more along those kinds of lines than like stair steps. Stair steps don't really, uh, you know, I'm on a higher stair step than you are. That doesn't really give people much confidence. But when you think about about it from the uh, point of view of, of, uh, you know, everybody is a whole person where they're at and that we will have, um, you know, uh, we all know that as we grow and have experiences that that uh, we become different than we were, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. I don't think there's very many people that would say that that 10 or 15 years ago that we are the same as we were then, so... So anyway, that's kind of the way that I describe it, and and uh, for us, everybody is beautiful right where they're at, and they don't have to move. Most people do from time to time, but uh, mm-hmm. that's the viewpoint. You know, as you talk about the stair steps, something that hits me as um, kind of fun is is we think about growing up our the term I use is growing up parts, but I realize that's also not a common phrase. But it would be the idea is I left some of my belongings on earlier stair steps. So I go to get a drink of water and I realize that the water's two steps over. Or I left a book or my backpack on a different step and I have to go down and retrieve it and bring it up. That's the growing up of components is that, that there's just something I left at an earlier stage and that we get the opportunity 
as we bump into situations that we just go back and retrieve the things we lost or left behind. I think Kim has some good points for that one. Yeah. Yeah, this is a beautiful uh, analogy that you put out there, Maureen, is that uh, when we go into different uh, stages of growing up, that parts of us get lost at each of those stages. And, and, and uh, what happens is, whether it be in the business world or the personal world, we end up creating, bumping up against walls. We end up creating suffering. We end up creating discontent. We end up creating difficulties. And when those difficulties are repeated over and over, those are signals that a part of us is not growing up, that, that we haven't uh, seen a larger truth from a certain perspective yet. And that's where we go back and retrieve those parts and help them to grow up and, and see things from a larger whole. But it's also important to know that no matter how healed we are, we still have all those perspectives and they're crucially important because it's kind of like, am I looking through a telescope or a microscope? And this goes back to what Terry was talking about, stepping outside of the stair-step model and saying, what is it valuable for me to do to look through a, a microscope or a telescope right now? For leaders, generally, it's better if we can look through a larger picture lens so that we can see the whole picture of what's going on. But many of our workers need to be looking through a telescope so that we can get the details that we need to actually create an effective organization for what we're trying to do. So one of the things we do is we want our leaders to be able to use the telescope, but sometimes when you're using the telescope, you've abandoned the microscope. And, uh, and if you're in a leader, you need to be using the telescope more and more, but that means you need to have other people that are in positions to use the microscope and use it very well. You know, as you say that, I want to go back to the earlier example you gave, that as a leader sitting in a, in a conversation I need to recognize that my my preferred mechanism may be the telescope, mm-hmm. and yet I'm talking to someone who's sitting on their microscope. Exactly. And if I talk about the stars I see and they're looking at amoeba, I'm right. really ineffective. I ineffective. need to be able to shift. <laughs> exactly. You're not even communicating the same language. And they're going, what are you talking to me about stars for? I'm looking at amoeba here, and if we don't get this amoeba correct, it's going to get out of control. You know, and so we need to, uh, if we are a telescope person in leadership positions, that means that we have in our history that microscope. So we need to be able to go back and really relate to it from that perspective. And then we can understand why the person is so um, having such important strengths and feelings and thoughts around their project. You know, again, that brings me back to this. The, the question I so often hear, if I happen to be a microscope person and I now need to talk to someone who's a telescope person, it's not with judgment that I'm here and you're there. Right. It's, I can think of back to when I was successful looking through a microscope and I talked to the, the people with whom I'm working as if I were talking to myself at that point so what do I wish I had heard from somebody? And so it, it feels much more compassionate than a, I'm here and you're there. And there's no better or worse. It's just a different set of tools. Exactly. Beautifully stated, Marie. Thank you. And so now let's move into, you mentioned that organizations also have a center of gravity or a level of maturity can you say a little bit more about that and how it plays out? 
sure. Uh, let's let's uh, broaden this even just a little bit as as we talk. You talked about parts. Now, uh-huh. not everybody understands parts real well, but we all have parts inside of us. And like you said, sometimes we leave parts or perspectives at earlier perspective levels, and we need to go back and retrieve them. Well, we have these internal parts or this internal organization, uh, which has different parts, different perspectives, different thoughts. And in a business, we have different parts made up of different people, but they operate very similarly, actually. And so when we're looking at trying to get a center of gravity for an organization or for a person where we do, a, on, with a person, we do a, a multi-question uh, inventory because different parts are going to come out at different developmental levels. But overall, you're going to see the overall score. And the same is true when you look at an organization. You're going to have people at fairly high or later developmental telescope-like people, and you're going to have people at microscope-like level people. And uh, by getting uh, an overall view of your organization, you're going to get a sense of the center of gravity. Where are, we, where are we really operating from? But you want to do more than just see the center of gravity. You want to see the extremes, too, because the center of gravity itself can be misleading. You can have people averaging at 3.0, but if you have you know, 10% of the organization at 4.5 and 10% of the organization at 2.0, that's much different than an organization that's all 3.0. And so once I have this data, what do I do with it? Well, that depends upon what the data is. If the data shows a very even, everybody's at 3.5, you know, that's going to lead us to say, well, we need to do a different thing with our organization than if we have an organization that is varying between 4.5 and 2.0. Those two organizations are going to have to be organized in different ways to be effective. Okay, so let's let's use that example. Um, the organization you mentioned last with a broader range of levels. Mm-hmm. How how would I work with that, and what would I do? What's the the action plan and the the hoped for impact in that well, scenario? Yeah. So with a broader range of developmental levels within an organization organization, we can help identify which people would be most likely to not only do well in particular positions, but actually love them. Positions Mm -hmm. that I, as a leader, would hate to do, other people are going to love to do, and it's going to be their passion. And if we understand their developmental level, we know very well what is likely to lead to their passion. So our 2.5s are going to really follow all our rules and bureaucracies and get everything handled in a really good way. I don't want to mess with that because I want to look at the bigger things as a leader, but I'm going to be sure happy that I have people in my organization that are willing to do that. And then I'm going to have other people that are technical experts, 3.0s, that are going to do things perfectly, but not too many of them because if we're all technical experts doing everything perfectly, then we never get anything done on time. The 3.0 gives us perfection. It gives us quality, but it doesn't give us efficiency. And so at 3.5, our 3.5s are going to start giving us efficiency. And so we can start putting them in positions that monitor efficiency, whereas we put 3.0s in positions that monitor quality. And then we can use 4.0 people to put in positions where we need to get the communication around the organization because neither the 3.0s or the 3.5s are really good at distributing communication. 
And so at a 4.5, I can put these people in different positions that are likely to not only make them happy and fulfilled, but to make the organization run in a much better way, efficient, effective, happy, healthy, good relationships, everybody respecting each other for where we're at and what we're doing. And and the, the 4.5 leadership positions, holding this all in a position where uh, we can even go to a teal level of organization where we we have enough for enough distributed various developmental levels in each pod of the organization that it can be self-organizing. So that is that's a beautiful illustration of fit for role that each level of maturity has different strengths. And I appreciate that you explained which what each set's strengths are. And by understanding that again, not just job skills, but the worldview that says I care more about quality or efficiency, because mm-hmm. it seems like that's where we often make the hiring or positioning mistake is somebody has the experience in a role, but they didn't necessarily have the mindset to be effective there. I. Yeah, and not only that, but as we promote people through, you know, they're doing really good at bureaucracy, so we put them into a technical expert role, and all of a sudden they're failing, or the technical experts gets put into a leadership uh, 3.5 efficiency role, and they don't like it. And so we end up actually harming our business and harming our personnel. They don't like the position they're in. They don't do as well in it. The organization suffers from it. And so when we, not only when we hire and fire, but when we promote, we need to pay attention to the developmental levels so that people are actually being fulfilled right where they're right at their developmental level. And that's what makes them happy and fulfilled. And that's what makes the organization run efficient and effectively. Thank you for that. We're going to go on break, but I want to reiterate a point that you just made because I think it's so crucial that in our hiring practices, we often look at skill and past experience and adding in this developmental perspective in addition to skill and past experience really gives us a much more robust way of evaluating people and the probability of success goes up dramatically. So the cost of of a mishire is significant just in the cost of hiring and onboarding. But then when we start losing people and in many cases losing clients, that cost can go into the millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And so considering this additional lens really can have a significant bottom line impact on an organization. Absolutely, Marie. So we will be right back. Thank you to Kim Barda and Dr. Terry O'Fallon for taking us deeper into how as an organization we can be more effective by adding in the developmental perspectives. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Technology is all around us today in practically everything we interact with in our lives. But the hidden or not-so-hidden piece behind technology is more than likely the software created to operate it. Listen for The Art of Software, featuring host Martin Lacey. We'll go behind the scenes of software, how it's written, created, and implemented. You'll get expert insight to the history, evolution, successes, and failures of the software industry. Tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. We are joined by Kim Barda and Terry O'Fallon. And for the first question in this segment, let's talk about continuing in the, we understand the level of the organization, so we've tested it, and we also know the level of the individuals. What happens when you have an organization stalled at an earlier level to the leaders who are testing at a later stage? Well, that's a very interesting question, Maureen. Actually, it happens more often than we would like to think because there's an interesting thing that happens in collectives, and that is that that they get comfortable, they have uh, all their norms and uh, systems are all geared, and those norms and systems are all at a particular developmental level. A worldview is infused throughout the organization, and people can be of all developmental levels in that organization, but still it operates at, uh, you know, a level, sometimes it is much lower. Frequently, we find people at the 3.5 achiever level, and those are very, very common organizations now, and they're quite effective and efficient. But what happens when you have people who, uh, you know, you've hired, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, quite a number of, of people who are quite effective at the 4.5 strategist teal level? What happens, uh, you know, when they come in? Well, frequently, they come in and they fit right into the organization the way that it is because they there isn't a structure there for them to to work with. And um, so 
if you want to change the structure of the organization, then you have to think about what are the qualities uh, uh, of the level that you want to want to move to, and what what are the benefits uh, for for moving to a, a different level in the whole organization, because you're essentially looking at at uh, changing the systems, the norms, and uh, you know some of the belief systems and all of that. Um, in the organization itself. So it's a considerable change sometimes. Uh, we uh, like to be comfortable, and change is not an easy thing in an organization. So um, uh, first of all, it's important to think, uh, are you doing well at the 3.5 level, even though you have a really large range, uh, you know, that go well beyond that, uh, that achiever level? Uh, if it's doing very, very well, then maybe there's not a reason to change it because we need all kinds of organizations in this world. On the other hand, sometimes, you know, the the 3.5 heroic leader uh, doesn't really see far enough into the future frequently. They can only see maybe five years or so, whereas somebody at the 4.5 teal level can see past their own lifetime. And so their planning is an entirely different viewpoint. Uh, time is one of the big aspects that we have of these developmental levels, seeing farther and farther out into time. And in our world today, um, with all of the uh, technological advances and everything, sometimes it's hard to even see what you can imagine being 25 years from now or so. But but uh, that's part of the process is... is uh, being innovative enough and imaginative enough so that you can actually uh, uh, imagine what it might be like beyond your own lifetime. And if that's the kind of an organization you will want to, uh, to have, then you need to allow for some changes so that that can happen. Hey, and so that would be the argument to change the perspective of the entire organization that the the environment in which we're operating is changing and we're experiencing disruptions and these people at the 4.5 or strategist or teal level will be much more effective at moving the organization to where it wants to go. Yes, and the thing about it, Maureen, is that you don't change the worldview of all of the people inside of the organization. What you do is you really uh, redesign the organization in a way that the, the, the teal worldview is imbued in the structure, and that usually will hold every developmental level before it. So it's it's a wise way of working, uh, because every level is honored at that TEAL level, and that's one of the reasons TEAL organizations are being so highly supported, and, and people are really taking a good look at those that kind of an organization. The other thing about about uh, organizations are that let's say you're at a 3.5 level. Well, uh, you know, the achiever, the heroic leader uh, that sees about five years out or so, and that's, you know, you can just do such a good job at that level. And uh, if you were a person at that level, you would need to go through the, the 4.0 or pluralist stage before you would get to the 4.5 teal stage. But with an organization, that's not true. You can actually leap uh, a, a level. You wouldn't have to go through the 4.0 stage as an organization. If you have people at the 4.5 teal level that if you're going to make a change that could reset the, the um, systems, reset the, uh, the environment and that sort of thing um, uh, at that teal level, 
it would work just fine. Um, uh, organizations are not like people. People have to move through one stage. Uh, you know, they, they get a wider and wider view as they go on, but it, an organization can actually arrange the environment so that all these organizational experiences are on all these individual worldview experiences are, are, are uh, uh, designed right within the organization itself. So it can be quite a beautiful process to, to work through something like that. So can you give an example? You talked about the organization being imbued with these later structures and um, tools. What Can you give some concrete examples of what that would mean? Well, for instance, um, uh, um, one of the things that uh, at the, that the HEAL level has is a capacity for interpenetration. And when you say interpenetration, what in the world does that mean? That's a pretty big word. Mm-hmm. But actually, what it means is uh, I'm looking out at another organization, and I see some things I really, really like out there. And I shake my head and say, gosh, I wish we were like that. But uh, at the teal level, uh, people in the organization can actually say, well, let's take a look and see what we do have. And chances are they'll find a lot of those very same qualities in their own organization. They just don't recognize it. That's what interpenetration means. It's also true that you might look out at another organization and see uh, something that you just can't stand. You just, you know, and, you, and you're shaking your head and, and people in the whole organization are shaking their heads and they're saying, oh, sure, glad we're not anything like that. But if they actually turn that back to themselves and look at themselves, they may find it's quite a bit of that is in our own organization. Now, that kind of view is a very good view because you can see the hidden aspects in your organization that you can't see when you don't uh, have that kind of understanding and viewpoint. So that's a tool that you can use. Uh, you know, you can use that tool, and, and everybody can use that tool. You can sit down in, in a meeting with people, and, and you can hear them all complaining about, about you know, another uh, part of the organization or, or uh, you know, loving another part of the organization and wishing they were like that. And you can say, well, let's check, check ourselves out and see how we're doing with that, you know. Chances are uh, they'll be able to see themselves more clearly. It makes for an easier kind of change if they can actually identify things within themselves that come out of what they've already said and noticed someplace else rather than to uh, uh, top down say, oh, well, we're going to make this change and that change because people start understanding themselves and understanding, you know, that, that the things that they see are, are really already here. And uh, that's part of a teal structure. A teal structure can, can do that, and you can develop different kinds of, of processes in your organization. Uh, you wouldn't want to do that all the time, but, uh, you know, there might be certain planning meetings and things like that where you want to make sure that, that, that a, a particular department or the whole of the organization is, is really not being blind about where they're from and what, what they're doing. So... Checking the blindness of, of your organization is, and what you're blind to is, is an important teal quality, and other people can see that if their leadership, you know, if, if it's inculcated as part of the tools and the work that the organization is using to, to see clearly. So, so an example then to continue to build on that is I might quarterly or semi-annually 
step back and have a one of our staff meetings to, to be just very concrete be to evaluate the health of the in the relationships among the team members or the health of the relationships between our department and other departments mm-hmm. as, as one periodic check that is scheduled in so it becomes part of our process and part of our culture not just a we only do this when something goes wrong. So you can imagine what it would be like for you to say, okay, we want to improve our relationship with with this department, with Department X. We're Department Y. You know, so you make a list of all the things that you wish was different about Department X. That's the first step. Then before you go talk to Department X, you look down the list and say, are we like this? We've got five things listed here. Do we do that ourselves? Chances are you're going to find it. So before you start trying to make an improvement in the relationship you have with the other department, you can start seeing that you have some of the very same struggles that you're asking the other or other department to change. That way, uh, if Department X does the same thing, chances are they'll they'll come up with the same thing. Then when you meet, you'll have an, an agenda uh, that probably will be very much alike for both organizations with both departments and you can work together on it because you see that you need some changes too you're not just looking at the other guy and saying that they need this department needs a change you can see your own uh you know your own blindness so that's just one example of how you can use that particular strategy and you wouldn't want to use it every day but uh it is very very helpful in in improving relationships and uh, help having people be a little more understanding when they want somebody else to change, um, when they when they actually find the very thing they want the other person to change or the other department to change or the other organization to change, they find it they have it in themselves and and uh, if they're not willing to change themselves, then how can they expect the other organization or person to change? So these are these are just some of the inter- little interpenetrative things that you can use if you have a teal organization that makes it safe for this kind of thing to go on. If you don't, then, of course, it'll cause a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, struggles and, and people will feel very unsafe with it. But uh, you have to work with the normative process and make sure that things are, are safe and, comf- and as comfortable as possible and that everybody is willing to look at themselves and you have to create that kind of culture in that kind of organization. So... Thank you, Terry. That's a beautiful example. And I'm going to move us to wrap up because we have about two minutes left. Can you give us, how would someone learn more about this? Do you have resources that they can reach out for? Well, yes. We we actually do workshops around the world on this. We have one coming up in London in late April. And uh, you can come to our, our uh, you can actually come to our website, uh, www.stagesinternational.com, and uh, you will find uh, all kinds of things on that website that you can have access to, including the descriptions of some of our courses and, and that sort of thing. So uh, we do have some papers and various things that, that might be useful for people. So, um, Kim, did you have any comments you wanted to make about this here? Yeah, so we can look at, at multiple uh, avenues. Uh, one is is that uh, you can get just information about it on the website. The other is you can come to the workshop, as Terry mentioned, or you can actually 
have us do a workshop for you, you, your organization if you want. We'll come in and do one just for you. If you want, we can actually come to the organization and do assessments with you and help you out. Uh, you can uh, get um, assessments done formally online at stagesinternational.com. And we also are partnered with someone who's using Terry's Stages model. Uh, it's called StageLens, and they work with us to uh, help uh, assess the entire organization. And with StageLens, uh, it's not as um, specifically accurate, but it, it, it's accurate over a large number of people. So if you have a large number of people that you want to score, StageLens can do it for a fraction of the price and get an overall reading, an overall assessment, overall, overall range of the organization. Um, okay. So there's multiple resources there. Thank you very much. I need to bring us to a close. Mm-hmm. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. Please do take advantage of reaching out to Kim and Terry. Their resources are, are incredibly beneficial. And I am currently enrolled in an online course with them, so that is also available. Thank you for listening. Please message us either on Facebook, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, or email me, info at metcalf-associates.com, and let me know what you are learning or if you have any input or requests for us. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.